guys. Welcome to Real Ones with Micah and Jasmine, where we discuss real films with you. The films that we're going to be covering today are three featuring comedic actors in very serious roles. It wasn't actually planned. We started out saying we were going to review Uncut Gems, and then Micah suggested Truman Show, and then I was like, let me throw a little bit of a diversity spice in there, and mm. top five came to mind, and then we realized these are all comedic actors turned serious. So join us as we talk about those films. This is Real One. Hi, Micah! Hey, Jasmine. Welcome aboard. Thanks. It's so great to be here. It's like an honor and a pleasure. Long time caller, first time listener. <laughs> or oh, I have that backwards, actually. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Last name greatest. First name ever. Soundboard? I feel like it's so necessary. Yeah, we don't. We also don't have the music here. We're out of things. <laughs> I took a lot of notes while I was watching. Let's talk about like these three films. We've got Top Five. You watched it. Mm -hmm. We've got The Truman Show. And um, what was the other one? Uncut Gems, one of the oh, best A24s. Mm -hmm. A24, right? They're pushing it. Such a, like, my dream company to work at. Um, what did you think? Let's start with the freshest movie, because I ended up watching Top 5 yesterday, too. All right, so let's talk Top 5 first. I think it's interesting, too. We'll, we'll point it out, too, where it's like we have these three comedians in these leading roles. And that's kind of the, the juxtaposition that you put together for that. And it, yeah, it makes sense, absolutely, that we were playing maybe a more of a serious role, but obviously still has that comedy edge. Um, top five, okay. What did you think? Before you watch top five, like just based on the poster alone, what were your thoughts? I actually thought it was gonna be a little bit more serious. Oh. Okay. I didn't think it was gonna be as much comedic effects and I think that the tone of the film is yeah yeah it was definitely it wasn't I mean you can call it a comedy but you could also not call it a comedy either so I could see both sides to it um it was almost like an autobiography so to speak of this fictional character of, of Chris Rock but um I, I you know what I, I I don't know if, if Chris Rock's a good actor I gotta be honest I think he's a good comedian I just his, his expressions were weird what's that other Adam Sandler movie where he's really serious it's like after it's like a nine eleven. I think was Chris Rock in that movie too. What? Which one? I think he was. Uh, oh no, I'm Don Cheadle. Jikes. Um, <laughs> yo, yo, problematic. Yo, problematic. Someone hit the problematic button. Yeah, we're keeping that. <laughs> yeah, that's like when that one dude mistaken uh, Lawrence Fishburne for Samuel L. Jackson on live TV. <laughs> that's uh, I, I actually watch that every once in a while because it's pretty that's hilarious. TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was a little more serious, and Chris Rock wasn't there, and I, it's, it's hard for me to, to fully evaluate it when I couldn't tell the tone of the film. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I was, when I watched it, again, I had the same feeling, like, I was hoping he would have, like, really delved into it being serious, but I didn't want it to be depressing either, mm -hmm. so, um, I read, because I watched it on Amazon Prime, and they have, like, the trivia on the side. Okay. And they said that he actually based this movie, the title is based on, like, Black people, every time they get together, they talk about, who is your top five favorite rapper? Who is your okay. top five? 
literally, I kid you not, every time my family gets together, it's one of the topics. And we talk about movies or top five movies, something like that. Mm-hmm. So the script was based on Kevin Smith, who was in Jay and Silent Bob. He was Silent yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great filmmaker, yeah. He met his wife, who was a journalist, and they had this, like, same scenario. So Chris Rock just kind of took that situation and, like, made a full-fledged script. As opposed wow. to, like, basing it on himself, you know? That's so unique. I didn't realize that. Kevin mm-hmm. Smith, out of all people, had an impact. Right. I didn't even think they would be friends. Like, Yeah, it's like a different sphere because Chris is always with like the SNL crew and yeah. I'll tell you, actually, that's one of my favorite scenes was when he went like to his, his, uh, cause his ex-girlfriend's apartment, you yeah. had like so many like ex SNL or current ones. Like every, like it was fantastic. Jay Carol, Michael Che, mm-hmm. Jones. Yeah. Shepherd, uh, yeah. Obviously uh, Tracy Jordan. So it was just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy. Yeah. And there's another uh, person there I didn't recognize either, but I've seen him in a few things. So I feel like he just gathered all of these like comedic actors, and it's just cool to have that scene. And they, it seems so natural too, like all those conversations. Like they were actually fam. <laughs> yeah, real talk. Yeah, it really was like that. I felt like it was a documentary almost. Like this was the. So that was probably my favorite part of it. That's the movie. the movie I want. I want him to do that, like where he gets all of like the SNL crew and they play family. Because that scene, I was like, this is a movie in and of itself. Like he should. Mm-hmm built on that, that yeah cool. that'd be cool i would like to see that aspect where it's just the, maybe the family impact of how his fame infected him like mm-hmm. we only saw that glimpse where we had that that reveal at the end where it's like oh this is actually my dad and yeah. we thought it was like some neighborhood <laughs> guy and it was like oh yeah it's my dad so yeah. like that'd be a kind of a cool film but i mean yeah. he went to a lot of play, different like themes he had the flashbacks too which were, were humorous but i felt like i don't know if those were necessary or not for the movie they were pretty funny yeah. but it's like the one Jack's Entertainer, it, I don't know. It didn't serve the story. Like, yeah, I feel like they could have cutting that one out. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had this whole Rosario Dawson aspect too, where I feel like it's a movie in itself, where it's just these two people getting to know each other. Yeah, a day in New York and like falling in love over twenty four hours. I love mm-hmm. that. So I think there's just a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Just a lot going on, but. It rated really high. I remember when I looked at it yesterday, I think it's somewhere in like the 80s or late 70s on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And I remember when I looked at that yesterday, I was like, hmm, that was higher than I was expecting. Not that I didn't think it was like a good film, a watchable film, a replay value film, but I think like because it wasn't tight enough, like, you know, we had mm-hmm. all this work. But when it comes to comedians, like, he put that scene in the movie just so that Cedric the Entertainer, who was the guy that picked him up from the airport, right, yeah. could shine and like he could show this like wild element, even though it did not like further the story. And it didn't even carefully demonstrate how he was an addict either. Because apparently, you know, he's this alcoholic mm-hmm. and you only know that because he says it, because that did not demonstrate to me that he was an alcoholic. It's just he made bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. yeah it almost seemed like it, it, it did have a lot of cameo plugs in there kevin hart was in there in the beginning yeah it's almost yeah. like you're just like hey let me get all my friends in this movie and then i'll <laughs> weave together a plot somehow yeah um, which, which is, if he is had, fine if he had focused on his life like that would have made sense if it was like hey this is a movie about me chris rock but my issue with it was it wasn't a hundred percent realistic because people like when comedians go serious like yeah so i just and, and I like in this movie it almost feels like it 
takes place in 2004, but it's like 2011. Mm -hmm. So it, right? it feels kind of like, data is not the right word, but it just felt kind of like an early 2000s movie. So I feel right. like. I felt that too, because I was like, on what planet do slave movies not like kill? They yeah. kill at the Academy Awards, they kill at the box. Right, like, right. Love slave movies. Yeah, that might have been a precursor <laughs> to 12 Years a Slave. Maybe they watched top five and were like, oh, we got to make 12 Years a Slave. We'll get Brad Pitt involved, you know, <laughs> we'll be a hit. Speaking of that, do you know that, okay, so in the movie, like, his film was going up against Medea's movie. Um, okay. It was, like, the Medea Halloween. Tyler Perry actually wrote Boo, a Medea Halloween, after he saw Top 5 and saw Chris Rock's joke. No. He didn't have, yeah, that's what the trivia said, and it was so, I thought that was a really cool even though, you know, I'm anti-Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah, he pumps movies out. He, I mean, he knows how to make money, I'll tell you that, but Good for him. he's run the same <laughs> script over and over. He yeah. writes all of his own movies, like in all his TV shows, he doesn't have any, like, co-writers. Really? Yeah, it's like... Kind Interesting. Of like, well, just for him, I guess. You know. Have you ever seen that label, um, speaking of Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs by Mark by Mark. Yes. Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's Tyler what, Perry. Yeah, right, right. Tyler Perry presents, you know, and he plays like, so many characters in there too. Like he with the dress up, kind of like mm -hmm. an like an older Eddie Murphy used to do that yeah. too, just like on the costume design. Eddie Murphy's the legend for that. I wish I had seen him. Two people I felt like were really missing. Eddie Murphy mm. and Dave Chappelle. Like like, yeah, it's weird right. that they weren't in it. <laughs> right, because those were really the forefronts of that comedy era, that 90s to 2000. I think Chappelle might have been like on that retreat or that kind of gap of time where he was like in Africa. Radical. Yeah. No disrespect. I mean, you know, we all got to take a break every time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's taking a long break too. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything. Maybe since Dreamgirls. Uh, no, I, oh my god, I just said, I was thinking of Matt Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Who are you thinking of? Martin Lawrence? You know? First of all, Martin Lawrence, is he still alive? I think he passed away, didn't he? Oh, are you kidding? He just did Bad Boys 4. Oh, you're right, with uh, Will Smith. Well, I haven't seen him in so long, I thought, he, I thought he's not here anymore. <laughs> he's no longer with us. No, he's still with us. Okay. Again, up there. Yeah. He, um, I did not see Bad Boys 4. Even though I like the Bad Boys franchise, I'm okay. <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad for Will because I feel like I haven't seen a good movie with him. It's like I am legend. The past ten years have I been know. so cruel. But they keep paying him, even though he's not like this amazing like actor, you know. Mm -hmm. Not even him though. It's the films. It's not him. It's like the films he does. Yeah, honestly, I w if he probably acts fine in them, he's probably pretty funny. I bet you those movies are actually pretty good. It's just the plots are so weird. Yeah, Hancock. Hancock was truly the weirdest of them all because it's like he was a superhero and then he was in love with Charlize. So Charlize yeah. was, was Uma Thurman in that or not? Uma? No, that was Charlize, but they're both blonde though. Yeah. I mean, you, can you can verify it. Let's very check me right now. Yeah, I, I want to say Uma Thurman's in there, but you could be right. Could be a, <laughs> put a dollar on it. You know what's funny? Okay, is Uma Thurman in this? Yeah, look it up because now my thing is like slowing down. <laughs> It was Charlize, though. It's not Uma. But I love me some Uma. Let's take a look. You're looking at it? <laughs> ah, it is Charlize. Ah! What am I thinking of? I thought there's Uma what Thurman. What are you thinking of? Because there was like a weird Uma Thurman one where she was like a superhero. She was? It, but it was like in a weird 
like parody sadistic wow jason bateman's in this movie i don't remember this yeah he is so underrated can we just like say he does great work like speaking of comedians who do serious he's on hbo's the insider which is a stephen king production okay and my god jason is just and he doesn't act any differently in his series that he, than he does the comedy, and it still, like, reads properly. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He really is always, like, the benchmark in the comedy film. He never is, like, the funny guy, per se, but he's, like, the, the guy that ground people. <laughs> yeah. Every movie. But it's, he's still great, though. His delivery great. is insane. But, yeah, you're right. IMBD <laughs> has to be stacked. Dry, like, uh, everyday guy humor. Mm-hmm. I wonder what movie you're thinking of with Uma now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I really did mistake in Uma for Charlie's, but I mean, I know Charlie's. Charlie's is she's been around for a while. Afrikaans. South African. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what would you give top five like out of four stars? Out of four, I think for comedic efforts, mm-hmm. I would give it a, a three, but for like actual film, two point five. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like parts of it were funny. I was just hoping for a little more from Chris Rock. A little more funny, a little stronger. I will say the the like the soundtrack of Score was good, and I looked it up. Questlove did the whole thing. Yeah, it was Questlove, and it was produced by Jay Z and Kanye. They were co-producers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I heard like one or two like Watch the Throne songs on there, but um, yeah, so that did stand out to me. I was like, man, who who did the soundtrack? Questlove. I'm like, all right, I mean. I think um, Rosario Dawson's character named him as one of her top five. I think she said, Yes. In Tribe Called Lesson the Roots. There was a point in the film, like for me, I would say definitely two and a half stars in the beginning of the film when Rosario Dawson was like um, going on about, you know, Barack Obama was president. She's like, Yeah, next. We're gonna have an Asian. Yeah, we're have a woman. Latino. Yeah, Latina. Yeah. Uh, none of that happens. <laughs> I know. What a shame, right? We're <laughs> the complete opposite. That was the what a good funny bit with the the flashback they had the George W. Bush. Oh you know, yeah. Said, and then when they went to the apartment, and I think I mean I'm gonna guess it's best guy because I think that's where Chris Rock's from. Yeah. They had the Obama photo, so it was just a cool. That was a nice a little, little contrast, yeah. and that is legit because. I can tell you a number of my family really? members had a Barack Obama photo up in their house. No, they don't. He's like a saint. <laughs> they do. They're he, like, he's like MLK. Like, he's done so much. Right, right. I mean, he really did, yeah. I think it's great. I love me some B.O. Great part of our history. You know? Good leader, just good charisma, too. Just All of the above. He's just like the total package. I know. I would let him be a dictator for the U.S. <laughs> I would sign away my rights to have him. like, here, Obama. Yeah. Here. What was his campaign slogan again? Uh, was it believe? Hope. Believe or hope. Obey. You're thinking about the poster, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yes. Supreme? No. Um, I think it was hope. I remember the O. Yeah. I think it was hope. Or change? Was, was it sense. change? Change 08. It has to be change. I think it was change. I think change may have been this, the first The 08. Season. See, I was too young to vote. I, was, I missed the deadline by one month. I was 17 oh, in 2008. In yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so literally one month I missed it. I couldn't vote. I'll be totally honest. I did not vote for Obama the first semester <laughs> time because I was like, Obama's not a Christian. So I was like, mm. I'm not voting for him. And then 
I don't know who was running, but whoever was running against him, that's the person that I voted for. Yeah. I think uh, John McCain, maybe? McCain or Romney? I think Romney is 2012, so I think oh, okay. that it was... With McCain? Man, you were for the old dude. He's not half bad. He's chill. He's chill. He's easy. He's no Dick Cheney, okay? Mm. Do you watch that movie? The Dick yeah. Cheney movie? That movie, I don't know if you felt this way, but it made me have, like, sympathy for George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I think so, too. I think that no? we, we put a lot of pressure on George W., yeah. He really is, was this just a spokesperson. Yeah. He really was. It's Cheney out here who was running the show, and I was like, damn, he really got, like, sidetracked and blindsided, it seemed, according mm. to this film. And if Cheney's been in politics that long, because W wasn't around that long, like, he was, you know, the kid of the, the yeah, exactly. president, but he was a fooling around kind of guy. Mm. And um, he will always have the most badass line uh, like in J. Cole's song, Fool Me Once, Shame on You, Fooled Me Twice, You Can't Get Fooled Again. <laughs> it's in the J. Cole song. I really? Mm -hmm. What else stood out to you? We can move on, but you know, it's a 2.5. Um, I will say so. I think that he used, so I used to watch a lot of Everybody Hates Chris. So I feel like he even used that narration aspect. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. I don't know. I don't think it was intentional, but just hearing him narrate some portions, I'm like, oh wow, am I watching Everybody Hates Chris? Because it's the same intonation. <laughs> so, but I think my my takeaway is that he he just does too much of this movie. Like, yeah, he should have kept one plot line, then poured in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny. Just too over the place. Got distracted too much. Yeah. Okay. So my ultimate 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 fave out of the three that we watched this week was yeah. definitely truman show okay i mean of course because it just holds up like yeah. it came out like a number of years ago and there's just so much like philosophical like mm -hmm. you know it's so deep and this wasn't even like jim this was one of jim carrey's first serious films but he's always been pretty serious like um you know he has those roles eternal sunshine yeah uh what else is like a more serious jim carrey role i can't think of any but i'm, I'm with you he i yeah. think he's also a very serious person too in the past like five ten years he's been very blunt and like hey he's been kind of very straight with everyone it's very interesting yeah. to see him like interact with the press or give yeah, interviews like after kick-ass right when he was like i don't believe in like guns and violence yeah <laughs> so mm. um what did you think about truman show going in that's a good point where it does kind of set stand the test of time i really liked the creative set development for that where you do have like this 1950s pastel cookie cutter type town it's like a, you're like the whole movie was like taking place in an advertisement, which it kind of was too, right? Because mm -hmm. it was a TV show. They had to have these product placements. Yeah. So I, I think, love those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that those scenes were great, but just every, everyone, the way they were acting too was so fake and it was perfect. And I think that's why it does stand the test of time because it's like, oh, we're watching like a 1950s commercial. Mm -hmm. So it's always going to be relevant. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, it was interesting how they like chose to set it in this like picture perfect time in the U.S. where it was like you know uh, any town USA and it's like everyone's dressed like 1950s mm -hmm. 
there's no cell phones, no technology. And like, you know, people are still getting their news from newspapers and radio. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice for them to use for, you know, the internal. I mean, it wouldn't have been able to work out. And the first time I watched Truman Show, this did not even cross my mind at all. But now that I'm more woke and more conscious, (laughs) I'm like, why isn't anyone saying like how unethical this is? Like, you know, that he doesn't know. Of course, they had like the love interest, which is incredibly beautiful woman i know her eyes i know she's like french or something wait you're really good at this what is her ethnicity i was gonna say french too but her accent's so slight it's hard to tell maybe she's a little belgian maybe she has a little uh Mm. other side a little european cocktail let me look it up specifically because that was one thing i didn't even look at when i was like i feel like she's another movie too but she is. She was like a 90s hottie back in the day. Okay. 2000s, 90s hottie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think there definitely would be more outcry of like, of how this is unethical if, if, if the movie was done in like 2020. Mm-hmm. Like there'd be more characters appalled to be on the show. Yeah, they would be like, this is wrong. Like, mm-hmm. this is wrong. Even the people watching would be like, this is so wrong. Like he should know because he was forced. He was brought there from birth. Yeah. Regardless of the corporation owned, but so Lauren, who's Sasha, she is English, and her yeah, it's just says she's English. She doesn't really get into much depth about her. Well, ethnicity. Well, she has a very unique face, like a hundred percent. Yeah, striking. Wouldn't see that anywhere else. Nowhere. She was also in half these. I don't even really know. Surviving Picasso. Um, with Anthony Hopkins, mm. Solaris with George Clooney. I've okay. never seen that. I've never seen Ronan. I don't know any of these, but yeah. Okay, well, Ronan is an, uh, that's a classic like French <laughs> action movie, I think. With De Niro. Yeah, De Niro and this other French guy who's like in every French movie. Then you like an old Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> well, I don't know about him. I haven't seen him in a minute. Yeah, speaking of like satirical movies, he had like a, a fake movie about himself. It, Did he really? Uh, yeah, and it was like called. Um, it also had. It was like a, a fake autobiography video, movie, <laughs> and like he played like this aging like stunt actor, oh. and the name was real long too. I have to look it up because it's killing me. Please, because that sounds like I love these like films that are like veiled biographies of the performers. Like, uh, what's the? I mean, that was a great movie too in itself. Uh, the one uh, Birdman. Did you watch Birdman? No, isn't it crazy? I haven't seen Birdman. Uh, it 100% is. It's right up your alley, I feel like. I know, I know. And I, um, like, argue about it, too, and I haven't even seen it. Uh, More fraud. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, something I don't know if I could watch again, because it's, like, it's pretty long. It's difficult mm-hmm. to watch the whole movie. It's, it's, it's also shot, like, a one-take. Yeah. Kind of like how 1917 was. Um but uh oh no so it is actually he does play himself sort of yeah it's it's called jcvd john claude von damme and yeah it's like the description alone is playing himself as an out of luck actor he's out of money his agent can't find him so i do like those introspective type sad movies yeah um and what's his name um mickey rourke yes the wrestler wrestler. i was just gonna Mm -hmm. say that yeah also a great movie uh, yeah the girl in there she was great too wasn't it i was gonna say that too i didn't think it was Whenever they need like an old, an older, I know, rough and tough woman, they get somebody to do it. She got the accent. 
Yep, it was definitely Marissa. Oof, she's just so such a hottie. Yeah, she, she aged well. So well. <laughs> I think it's her attitude too. She has this this they will go on forever and Yeah. But that's a genre in and of itself. And honestly, in like one of our next episodes, we should do like thinly veiled biographies. Yeah. Like, like Maybe that. you'll have to watch Birdman now. Oh no. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll watch it. I support Birdman. That's why I was like against 1917 because it's like why is everyone raving about the way it's shot when Birdman literally came out four years ago and won an award for the same thing yeah I think the one shot thing is cool but it doesn't it shouldn't be like a reason why someone watched the movie yeah Yeah. it was Roger Deakins I believe and that's why people were so obsessed Mm -hmm. I saw it actually two weeks ago great film very well done obviously Um, but like I don't think I'm going to watch it again. It's just, it's like, all right, we know what happens, right? Yeah. We're going to Wikipedia figure out what World War One. You know what I mean? <laughs> people so. love war. Can we just talk about that? Like, people love mm-hmm. war films. I think America loves a war film more than they love a slave film. Like, <laughs> honestly, what is the obsession? You need a war slave film. You need a war slave film. <laughs> that's how that's... That they're not so sure about. <laughs> Tyler Perry maybe will do it. Find something to make money out of it. Um, I know. I'm shocked he hasn't gone that route. Even Quentin Tarantino did a, you know, slave rebellion film. Yeah, Django was great. Django. That was fun. Rick Ross was on I stepped out of the movie theater during the Mandingo scene. I actually couldn't watch like 30% of the movie. Yeah. Like there was the dog is going to eat the people. I closed my eyes. Yeah. So much of it. I was just like, oh, because I don't mind what I see on screen. It's just the sound effects. When they're too real, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of Tarantino movies where I do. I can't watch some of the scenes. He's so graphic. Good for him. He can do it. He loves it. He said he's only going to do 10 films, and I think um, Once Upon a Time was the nine. nine. Yeah. Yeah, he has one more left. Ugh, what a shame. I know. I wonder if he's really going to stick to that, but he says he does, because actually in um, Once Upon a Time in America, in the beginning, it says this is Quentin Tarantino's, like, ninth film or whatever. Mm -hmm. If we were playing trivia, we would, like, kind of win, Loki. Honestly, yeah. I need to get myself into a uh, <laughs> trivia bar. Ugh, no bars exist, so. Videology. Um, they used to have, they used to be this uh, film bar in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. But they shut down, like, long before the quarantine, though. It was very sad. Yeah, I went to a Halloween party they had once, and it was, yeah. like, it was a uh, Shaun of the Dead themed. <laughs> and so like they had, what do they have? I don't know. There was like fake props from the movie. It was very well done, but yeah, I know they shut down. That's too bad. No. Shaun of the Dead, that's with um Simon Pegg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him mm-hmm. and Nick something. Because the director is like, he has- Edgar Wright. Yes. Yeah. He's the baby star. He has a very particular- no, he didn't do baby. He did a. I think he did do baby. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he did, did do baby driver. driver. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't remember if it was Damien Chazelle, but then I was like, that doesn't make sense. It was him. Mm-hmm. Now, Baby Driver is one of those movies I've also rewatched again and again because it's so good. I still haven't seen it yet. What? Oh yeah. my God, Mocha! You haven't assigned it. You must watch Baby Driver this week. Uh, I'll write it down. I'll put it on my perfect. list. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a must see. 
must see. All of Edgar Wright's films are like must see, but Baby Driver is special. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the true testament of a film like replay. I think so. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think you say it's for both sides. I think there's some movies that I'll watch once and I'm like, you know what, this is good. I don't want to watch it again, but it has, like, I'll tell you what, I think the newest Blade Runner, Mm -hmm. beautiful movie, so well shot with Harrison Ford and Gosling and the Cuban girl. Um, Yeah, Ana de Armas. Right, yeah. And so well done but i don't think i can watch it again it's just it's just it's like two and a half hours it's a bit of a slog it's really long. and Jared i don't Bell's even there know too. the story yeah <laughs> i don't understand I actually, what's going on <laughs> I, I still don't understand it because i actually watched the original one from the 80s to prepare and i it was like i gotta read this the book if the book exists or i need some kind of spark notes or yeah i was like what like what and they did try to like make it in such a way where even if this was like your first Blade Runner film, you would basically understand. But I was confused about um, why they needed Jeremy Leto. I mean, I know he's like a really good character actor, so people just like having him in their films. Yeah. I think he's low-key overrated, though. Mm. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. You say that. I can say that. I don't think he's a great actor. He does play these weird roles, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when he submerges. Like, he was great in Dallas Buyers Club, but I guess... Yes another character role you know where Uh you can easily get lost in that um but yeah okay so baby driver and ed tv you have to watch this ed tv okay i'll think about it but obviously baby driver like ed tv yeah i feel like baby driver for sure i'll put that on for uh tv (laughs) 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 i don't remember it being very good so okay uh truman show okay Almost last of us back. Speaking of, how great that they call him True Man because he's like a true. Ooh, okay, didn't even think of that. Let's give you five stars for that. <laughs> we'll put in some kind of noise and post. Some kind of yeah. We need a real soundboard. <laughs> um, speaking okay, so about Truman Show, like what I really love about this film too is the fact that I don't know if you watch or aware of Westworld on HBO. Okay, yeah, yeah. The guy, the founder in Truman Show, like the one that like, you know, found Truman in front of Ed Harris, yeah. He is also in Westworld and mm-hmm. he basically has like the same character um, where his character has created this fake world where people would come and immerse themselves in it and right. they would live this very true story you would never like tell everyone else in the world that it was like a fake story so it's like the very same character and i think that the um what do you call it not the correlations what's the word the parallels are very interesting Mm. the entire time i was watching i was like oh my god look at the man in black the man in black he's like in truman show so yeah i mean this is one of my favorite genres is kind of this philosophical sci-fi um type of concept and I, I think Truman Show can kind of fit in that to a certain extent where oh heck yeah yeah it, even though it's not like space or technology per se you're creating this world that's not normal to us mm-hmm. so that, I think that is considered sci-fi and I think those elements are the same thing like, mm-hmm. you know. yeah <laughs> absolutely okay. so but um point you made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah I mean Truman Show I think 
my favorite scene was really at the end. Not even the fact that he escaped, but it's just there's this one scene where it was like those two security guards watching the TV show, and the Truman Show ended. Like he cut the transmission, yeah. and I'm just like, all right, what else is on? Oh. And I feel like it's such <laughs> indicative of how us as Americans are. We're so like scattered brain, where it's like, all right, what's next to consume? Like we're done with this. Yeah, yeah. I felt that this. way mm-hmm. um, after uh, Game of Thrones because it's like. We were so immersed into this world. Like, we talked about it like they were real. We were just like, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. We were costumes, cosplaying, this and that. And then when it ended, we were just like, eh, let's go watch something else now. It's like, what are we <laughs> watching as a collective society now? We don't have anything like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the closest thing maybe in that world of theirs was Truman Show is the biggest thing in the world 30 years mm-hmm. going on like live and then it's, it's over and then a second goes by and we forget about it and it's just how that's just how our attention that's spans are yeah almost a precursor to maybe these big tv shows or, or movies that are over and then it's like all right what's next for us let's hope that happens to Facebook because I was looking at my time hop today or yesterday and um like five years ago I said what if one day Facebook explodes and I just lose all of my pi- my pictures? Like I made a status mm. on that. And look, five years later, Facebook's still here. But like, this is still a concern to me. Like I won't have my pictures to show my kids because I don't print anything out and like, you know, have it in books and stuff. It's just everything lives on this. So Yeah, that is very interesting. We're putting all of our memories, our faith and trust in a not a, a government oriented privatized website. Right? We could say the same even for like our phones and our our computers. They could die somehow. We could lose cloud storage. Yeah, and like we I have just so much faith my, in it. My video memos. I yeah. have a lot of recordings on there, and I was shocked. I expected to open it up and see because I recorded like episodes and I used it as like a video diary. But okay. <laughs> so it wasn't happening in this interview. We we don't have podcasts. <laughs> no, I'm gonna send them to put this in the drive like immediately. <laughs> I think my Good. thing is actually running out of space too. So okay, Uh-oh. whatever. That's what happens when you use your phone as your camera, mm-hmm. your editor, your this, your that. Like, yeah, tell me twice. Yeah, it's, it pulls <laughs> up. That's all I'm doing right now. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I also loved in uh, Truman Show they have this one line where it's like, um, why do you think that Truman, like in the beginning, they asked the creator why they think Truman doesn't question. And he was like, we accept the reality yes. of the world with which we are presented. Yeah. Ooh, like, mic drop. It's just, let's just let that marinate for a second. It's true. And just like the Matrix, I remember when I saw the Matrix and I was like, oh my gosh, what if this is what's happening and we're not aware? Because, you know, a lot of people believe in a lot of different things, but when you close your eyes and die, you really don't know. Even when you close your eyes and go to sleep. I, I almost take this email even as like a personal level too. Like let's say we're viewing the life as we see it. We're seeing difficult situations in our lives and there's always another take or another viewpoint on that, but we're, we only believe in what we're presented, right? Maybe there's a better like job opportunity, let's say somewhere else, but we only think right now, oh, this is my job. This is my life. Right. So that's kind of where I was, just like you, that quote was like, it hit me too. And then I kind of kept on thinking that more, try to apply it on my own end. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the allegory of like Plato's cave, where it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, these these people in the cave, the only thing they believe is the shadow puppets. Mm -hmm. They don't realize there's a real world out there. 
So that's, and that's, that's what Truman is. And that's how we are sometimes too. Sure. There's your sermon of the day, Sunday. <laughs> freeze. Freeze, the freeze. Yeah, let's go let's go <laughs> i see that hand i see that hand <laughs> people as they listen to this they'll be able to like um deduce that we have like a, a very religious background definitely in how we view things has been grown by that if we mm-hmm. grew up in that environment our viewpoints are shaped through that since we were talking about religion segue into that Bible mm-hmm. verse at the end and the trivia on Amazon Prime said, oh, just before the beat stops, we see the number, excuse me, I'm reading this wrong. Just before the <laughs> boat stops. Oh my God. He said the beat. Everything but boat. <laughs> <laughs> we see the number 139 prominently displayed on the sale. The ensuing challenge between Truman and Kristoff contains some paraphrased reference to Psalm 139 as do many other aspects of the film. Hmm. Thirty nine was talking about like the creator. Well, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I thought that was a very cool. Interesting. Most, Easter egg. Um, a lot of sci-fi is like based on religious stuff too. Um, yeah. The Matrix was. I mean, well. you could probably make so many sci-fi films out of like the Book of Revelation if we're talking. Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. A hundred percent. It is a wild ride. Mm-hmm. So. True story. True story. Yeah, that was one thing. Um, I know because it was set in 1950s, but it's kind of crazy how everything was just so PG because humans are just not PG by nature, Mm. but they wanted this world to be like consumed by um, all different kinds of people. So uh they just kind of made it that way and i was like oh even like when he was with the wife i don't know why he couldn't just fall in love with the other girl you know if he liked her like lauren yeah christoph i think like playing god that's that's his thing i think speaking of that too which is a interesting moment because remember he was arguing with truman kind of at the end of the movie like i've created this world for you this is safe this, you'll be you'll never have to worry about anything yeah. And even the still trimming was like, oh, I don't know about that. Or like, he was willing to move on. Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah, like he's created this PG world for him. He created this. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want that because human nature is to be different, or is to, to kind of lash out to a certain yeah. extent. It is to go off and explore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's physically stuck on this island his entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, I guess I could see this movie. Yeah, not working with like a current time. Like you couldn't, the movie, I feel like it wasn't necessarily taking place in the 50s, but I think it kind of is, I guess, to a certain extent, but it's good they didn't introduce technology because it, the movie would definitely not work from like a real standpoint. Like Truman would absolutely would travel just because like yeah. Instagram, Instagram would exist or like cheap plane fare would exist. Yeah. But because he did keep it in this weird time period, 50s to 70s, 80s, whatever, and it's just... Yeah, that, those means aren't available to him. Yeah, he could have easily like looked it up on his phone. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's good they did set it in that, and it, once again, yeah. it does stand the test of time because it yeah. did take place in this way. And yeah, it was like totally accurate. And 
I loved when he was in the travel agency and like the poster on the side was of like the plane with the thunder and lightning. It could happen to you. you. Why would a travel agency ever make you afraid to fly? I know. (laughs) It's it's propaganda. I love it. Yeah. It's it's humorous, but it was real too. Like we have to scare Truman. All right. So. Yes. I wish I rewatched it. I didn't get a chance to, but I still have some fresh things about mine. So. Oh, you didn't get a chance to watch, but do you think you can really like get into it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think out of the three films we've talked about, the strongest. Well, I will definitively say Adam Sandler's performance was the strongest mm. out of the Jim Carrey, Chris Rock. Like, yeah, strong. So. Yeah, I think Rosario had a stronger performance than Chris Rock. Really? <laughs> Rosario Dawson <laughs> in, in, in his own movie. <laughs> Chris Rock should, didn't know how to pick him. I know. Um, but no, 100%. And I think we knew that Adam Sandler can act seriously. It's just, but this role was so perfect for him, right? Perfect. You get this Jewish New York guy. Yeah. Down was luck. Perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I love movies that are quintessentially new york that's just like new york it's yes like the diamond district like we know exactly where those streets are we know people like you know you grew up in jersey i grew up on long island i went to school with those people that the moms and his wife that was like sitting in the school 100%. yes <laughs> it's so relatable absolutely it's yeah. a great east coast thing specifically new york metro like that's it's yeah yeah totally, it's, totally, totally. and like um, even like like the Passover scene, like I have friends who, I have relatives who are Jewish culturally, and it's all that is so accurate, and I've heard yeah. stories of all those things, so it's just cool <laughs> to see that. Because like, imagine like someone from Nebraska watching this movie, they're like, oh, what's going on here? They wouldn't get it. <laughs> Why are they talking like this? And it's like, oh gosh. <laughs> so it's, it's perfect how it is made for people, it's, yeah. it really aligns for people who have grown up with that, have seen that. Yeah. Um, this movie, like, it was, great overall but I'll be honest like it stressed me out from like the moment <laughs> it started I was just like I want to shake him I went Howard stop like what are you doing like you're really he could have paid it off like 10 minutes into the film he could have paid that debt off mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> yeah he pawned off the one ring yeah it was I was um, so stressed <laughs> and I think it's cool too yeah they definitely made the movie stressful on purpose but mm-hmm. even like the set was like that like his diamond store was so tiny. It had a right. box with the magnet. His office was like everything was just these confined spaces, this pressure cooker of oh, Micah, that is a really good point <laughs> that I didn't identify. You see, you're thinking like a cinematographer set dresser over there. It's yeah, crazy. that's always my viewpoint. And then <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I, I even like the intro outro. Like it almost felt like a James Bond movie because they had that little slow zoom into the gem, I think, or it was like the guy's blood. Oh, yeah. And then it looked like his insides. Yeah. And I feel like it was this really creative. I think the first thing I did was look up who directed this. And it's like these two guys who aren't like well known for a lot of things. These brothers. Yeah, they're like brothers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was written by, yeah, they, they're Jewish too because their last name is Saad. Sadiq, yeah, Sadiqi, I think. Yeah, they're they're Jewish. And a hundred percent. Um I didn't even know Idina Menzel was Jewish until this film. Yeah, I thought she was just the let it go girl. 
but I thought she was just a regular kind of white American. <laughs> I didn't know she was uh, a Jewish, which was very cool. And she totally killed that character too, just possessed this classic Jewish housewife woman type of strong figure, mm-hmm. no nonsense. I, I love it. Over it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Give me a break now. Like that strong. And you know what? Movies, like, it's so... It takes a lot to make a film like this still interesting because this story happens over and over again, right? It's like a man who's down on his love, yeah. cheating on his wife, but even like the per- the the woman that he was with, like his girlfriend, that element was still interesting, even though it's a tale we've heard a thousand times before. Yes, we've heard a Dana Menzel story, we've heard the the ex girl, the girlfriend story, but yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah a good thing such a good thing um i i think even if they didn't have the kevin garnett aspect because that definitely drew a lot oh, of yeah. power but yeah. even without it i think it'd be a strong movie now that obviously completed yeah. it but mm-hmm. i think sandler's performance alone because it could have carried this whole movie yeah but then you get the, the nice added benefit of hey let's see if this act this you know basketball player can act yeah, yeah, which I loved. I loved the all-star power. I loved having the weekend there. Yeah, that was funny, playing himself. Yeah, who else was in there? There was another famous, there was another famous, oh, Keith, but he, he didn't play himself. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was great. In, what movie was he in? Uh, was he in? Knives Out. <laughs> was he Knives Out? Yes, he, he was. was in another movie. Was it with the Spike Lee movie? I feel like I saw him. Let me look this up because I don't want to. I don't know, but he wasn't straight out of Compton. Did you see that? I did. That was good, too. I mean, the movie itself wasn't good, but I like yeah. the, uh, the backstory. The individuals. Yeah, the backstories. And I liked everyone's individual performance because it was nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like, he played Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he was in Snowden. That's interesting. I'm looking this up right now. Lakeith was in Snowden? Yeah, I think he was one of the engineers in Hawaii. I actually like Snowden a lot. I watch this movie every month. Was Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Mm-hmm. Why don't I remember that? I, I just saw that like this year. I don't remember like he he, he he was like kind of like playing a nerdy dude. I think he was mm. like in Hawaii as an engineer. Yeah. Um. Oh, he, that's where I think I know him from. You've watched the Snowden film? Was it good? Yeah. You? <laughs> Is it the story or the movie? Because the story, yeah, but like the movie's all right. Right, right, right. Um, it's the story. I kind of like these like espionage stories so like i'll watch especially specifically the snowden thing there's another movie about not about snowden but it's about julian assange that i'll watch every once in a while who uh oh, the wikileaks guy yeah yeah um benedict cumberbatch plays him it's like a weird lo-fi british movie that came out like five ten years ago it was benedict cumberbatch as well yeah so he this is like a, a real like indie version of like julian oh, assange's okay. life Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I love it. So I watch the movie every once in a while too. I forgot yeah. the name of it. <laughs> You're low key an anarchist, Micah. That's why I maybe I am. It's not the espionage. It's the throw down the government. Yeah. Oh, we don't listen to this. Agent, our agents are looking through our webcam. Right, right. We might not be able to publish <laughs> this. <laughs> this guy, Micah, mm, might be a fascist. Let's uh. <laughs> low key, low key. <laughs> oh man. Um. Oh, I, I looked up who that other famous guy is it's a mike francesa so the guy who does um he's like a sports talk guy for new york he's played like his bookie he played um no um that was like the third somewhat famous guy in uncut gems mike francesa oh the guy who played uh uh, adam Chandler's bookie 
he, in the restaurant. He's like, oh, you want to put a bet on this? So I give him a oh, bet. yeah. Is he famous? Oh, I think. Yeah. He's very big, like, in the sports community. But, like, if you mm-hmm. don't, like, pay attention to sports, you wouldn't know who they were. Yeah. Actually, specifically New York City sports, too. So, once again, another good, like, New York callback. Like, yeah. Um, also, in top five, at the end, when um, he was reviewing his film, Uprise, all the film critics, those are real film critics that are sitting at the table. The ones really? That are, yeah, they're all on um, all that public access television channels. I was like, you know, I just know their faces, but the only film critic they didn't have, which is totally New York, is the Whipple guy with the really thick eyebrows. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that knowledgeable in that scene, but that's cool. Yeah. I, I like that when they do that, the little Easter egg. Somewhere. Yeah, I love seeing them, because their New York one is always, like, game to do any new york film their their reporters are always like okay film. i love it it's very cute okay so kg not too bad for someone who'd never acted before yeah <laughs> i mean like i thought it was gonna be a lot worse it was okay there was yeah, definitely was he was definitely stiff he was definitely stiff um the bar I, was low let's just yeah say yeah so i was like okay I think he was the best when he was just kind of, I, I imagine he probably was ad-libbing. We're just like talking with his bodyguards or like looking at something. Like, I feel like he was a little more natural, but when he was talking to Adam Sandler, like one-on-one, you could just tell like, oh man, this guy's That must be nerve-wracking to like be in a scene uh, with a really well-known performer because something I was watching this weekend, that happened again. Um Dang, I can't, maybe it was just Uncut Gems, but whatever. Okay. Uh, there was like a really, really well-known actor. Oh, I was watching Westworld, and Michonne Lynch is actually really good in his really? role. Yes, he looks happy for once. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just like say that. <laughs> he's like, complaining. Here. Yeah, and he's like there, and he's playing with Lena Waithe. He's only in a couple of episodes, but I just remember being like, um, he came on screen and I was like, oh my God, there are just so many stars in this season alone. Like, he did really well. He looked so happy. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's his true calling. Yeah. Good football. <laughs> yeah. Uncooked Gems, A24 out of four stars. What would you give? Mm, I would say, I'll give it a five. I really would. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I, just, I think it's Adam Sandler just really brought it brought it yeah. and yeah and no, I, I think it. we were talking about this before um about how it was hard for me to root for him most of the movie but towards the end i was and then when he did die it kind of it was a snap for me <laughs> yeah like oh. how did that happen and yeah. then like but then on the morality aspect i was like oh you know what I guess he does deserve it because he was such a terrible husband, terrible father, ripping people off, lying. Mm-hmm. And not to say that he deserves death. I don't think anyone, uh, it's hard to say, right? That's another podcast about death. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like it, it felt, it did feel sort of justified, but in a really weird way. Like I left the movie theater feeling so weird. Yeah. It is a lot of feeling. Cause when it was like, cause I was like, oh man, he finally won. And the guys were like watching the screen too. I thought they, you know, it was going to end on a, you see, sometimes. Yeah. But he's just such an idiot. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, I don't know if I would classify him necessarily as a bad guy. Okay. Because, you know, like now to put my, um, my woke hat on, but. Go for it. He 
gambling is an addiction and you literally cannot help yourself. You can't make good decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he ended up in the trunk of a car, butt ass naked, you know, <laughs> because, excuse me, you can leave that out, but because like, that's how far, that's, that should have been your rock bottom, but he still kept mm. gambling. He just kept gambling. And it's like, he doesn't get it. Like, you know, you, 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 you went to the club, you humiliated yourself, you got pushed, uh, by uh, Lakeith and then you got left behind when you went to go um, see the Celtics you just kept getting like simp 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 mm -hmm. and you just kept going so it's like I don't think he's a bad guy you know just... you, you have some empathy for it because it could have just been a gambling addiction something he couldn't help you think he's a bad guy I think in a movie conventional sense he's a bad guy I think he's an anti-hero and I think he for the movie sense in the Uncut Gems universe, I think he got what he deserved. But doesn't mean that I, like me as a human, as Micah, I felt uncomfortable with how it ended. Like, I don't think he, Yeah. It, it, he, I think it, his death did make the movie that much better. Yes, it made it a strong, mm -hmm. it made this like, it was like 3.5 film to, you said, five star film. 100%, like, 100%. That's, that, you know, in the beginning of film, obviously when thugs are chasing you you're like death is the only outcome yeah I'm still hoping it doesn't happen because i want him to win because i was wondering if you know winning would have made him finally stop like i think even if he got that money who knows what he would have done because he mm. you know because he's yeah. obviously so addicted to the gambling it's like right he might throw it back out there again mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah like it was insane um, and then I was crazy that they also went and killed his like cousin or whatever the guy. Yeah, was. I think that was like his father-in-law, maybe. Yeah. I forget, but yeah, like that was sad. I was like, but that also was the cause and effect, right? This is the life that Adam Sandler has lived. This is the people he surrounds himself with, and his cause and reaction. This is a, a penalty for it. So it was so weird when they were at the Passover table, and then he's like, "Yeah, don't talk to me because you owe me money." And to think that they all just got this like dough laying around because his father-in-law was able to come and bet oh, that's 170, right. 190k on the opal at the auction. It's like I forgot about that. I just got this money like sitting around. I need to marry. I know. I need to marry <laughs> you, Jewish. You gotta get up. They're in your hometown. They're on Long Island. I don't know why you, well, you didn't find anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was very hard. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. The, you're right. They were throwing out money like it was nothing. Yeah, they got, like, got yeah, that. I got that. I really did like Adam Sandler, not only because of his serious role, but he also did have those specific Adam Sandler comedy quips mm -hmm. that only he can do. And there was like, Several points in the movie where I was like, oh, this is great. This is a classic, like, you know, 2001 Adam Sandler yeah. response. And he never changes, which is cool. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's, he's another one where, um, because his mannerisms, his acting is his gestures and his mannerisms and his voice and the way he talks. So he can bring that to any role. Um, mm. Whereas, like, but it's good. Because there are actors like Leonardo DiCaprio where he changes every single thing about himself for every role and it works really well. And then you'll have Will Smith who never changes who it's always Will Smith. Even yeah. when he's playing an African doctor, it's still Will Smith with an African accent. And it kills me because, you know, people just like Will Smith because they like the Fresh Prince. That's why they go and see his films. But it's like, 
Adam Sandler is able to be Adam Sandler, but still give you a really good performance. For yeah, Abs- that's a good point. Absolutely. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think this movie did kind of make that make sense for what you're saying, where he mm-hmm. was himself, but he did. It's almost like a hybrid where he also did assume this identity of Howard and this character. Yeah. We still had room for the Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. So I want to challenge Will Smith to do that. I know. My other <laughs> favorite serious Adam Sandler film, um, and I just watched it again like the other day, is Punch Drunk Love. Yes. So That's a great movie. That's He's so serious. Great in that. movie, yeah. So what should we watch next time? We'll have our viewers decide. <laughs> Uh, Our two viewers. Yeah, me and you. (laughs) Hey, thank you all for tuning in for this week's Real Ones. We have a lot more episodes planned. Make sure to subscribe.